That was London Derriere, a traditional folk song from the county Londonderry of modern Northern Ireland, as arranged by Percy Granger. That was recorded by the Princeton Glee Club while they were on tour in Buenos Aires in 2009. The Glee Club was under the direction of Richard Tang Yuk. My name is Jonathan Choi, class of 2015, and I will be your host for this episode of the Princeton Glee Club podcast. The Glee Club will be celebrating the 100th anniversary of its football concerts between Harvard, Yale, and Princeton with a joint concert with Yale this weekend on November 15th at 7 p.m. The concert, as always, will be in Richardson Auditorium in Alexander Hall. In anticipation of this concert, the Glee Club is looking back at its long history to find out what Glee Club was like through the decades. Today's story comes from one of the first classes of women at Princeton, Co-education at the university began in 1969 when 148 women were first admitted to the university. Since then, the proportion of women on campus has increased dramatically. Jackie Austin, class of 1980, was the treasurer for the Glee Club her senior year. She remembers her time at Princeton and what it was like to be one of the first generations of women in Glee Club and on campus. She also remembers a particular night during the Glee Club's tour to Jamaica. Here is Jackie. I was there when, when we were 10 years of women at Princeton, and that was just kind of an interesting time because it was such a, a transition. Glee Club just kind of gave you an instant connection to a group of people who shared an interest and then ultimately who shared you know, everything from evenings of practice to um, bedrooms on tours. <laughs> so you got really familiar really fast, and it was good. Musically, it was a phenomenal experience. Walter Nolner was just an amazing director. He was just wonderful. And um, his spirit and his attitude were always positive, always upbeat, whether we were dealing with the the day-to-day, week-to-week rehearsals or the special events and the tours and that sort of thing. Um, He just always had a smile. It's kind of interesting because we we joked about it that um, at the point that I came on board, my entering class, I said there were 2.3 men for every woman. And we all joked about which one were our 2.3 men. And there was a certain philosophy. Some people were like, well, you're just going there um, to get your MRS. You're not worried about a BA or a BS, just an MRS. There was a Mothers of Princeton Kids meeting before we went back. And one of the mothers of one of the other guys that was going said, well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. My son's going to get on campus and he won't know. Um, you know, he doesn't know how to do his laundry. And one of the other mothers said, well, he can find some girl to do it for him now that there's girls there. And my mother, of all people, just exploded and said, I resent the implication that I am sending my daughter to this Ivy League institution just so that she can do some guy's laundry. And if your son's smart enough to get into Princeton, he's smart enough to figure out how to run a washing machine. And so that was the attitude that I came to Princeton with, was that I wasn't there to to be you know, available for the guys. But then once I got there, it was like, that was never the issue. That was never the approach. That was never the attitude. We were warmly accepted. We were included in everything. Okay, except maybe the Nassoons, but (laughs) we weren't a part of Cottage either. (laughs) It was just, it was a really open and warm and inviting environment. And 
we loved every second of it. Now, I will tell you, freshman year, um, I lived in Lockhart Hall, and Lockhart had, the entryway that I was in had two bathrooms, and they had designated one to be the women's and one to be the men's, and the sophomore football players on the top floor didn't like having to go down two flights of stairs to the men's restroom, so they decided to just make the bathrooms co-ed so that they could make them more convenient. And so I came not only for co-education in the classroom, but co-education in the bathroom, um, which was a real mind trip at the time. <laughs> that was a whole different world. And my best friend went to Wellesley, and it blew her mind, because, of course, Wellesley at that point was still all women. And it blew her mind the first night she spent with me at Princeton and um, walked out of the shower, and there's a sophomore football player brushing his teeth at the sink. And she just kind of stepped back into the shower and thought, oh, my gosh, was I in the wrong bathroom? <laughs> it's like, no, it's all good. They're, they're part of the team. <laughs> anyway, but that being said, in the Glee Club, you know, the, the football fight medley, um, the line situated, co situated, cohabitated, situated, I mean, we never sang it the same way twice. It was originally written situated and saturated in New Jersey. Well, we sang it situated, co-educated, situated, cohabitated, situated. <laughs> I mean, we rewrote that song 411 times. But the funny thing was I just attended a concert here in Kansas City of, of Nassoon alumni. They had rewritten all the songs to not be gender-oriented, and I still sing them all gender-oriented. You know, her sons shall give while they shall live because that's, the tradition. I remember one particular concert down in Jamaica that was an evening where Jamaica was having um, energy problems, and so the whole island was on a brownout, and we had to do the entire concert by candlelight that we carried, and we had to pray that nobody's dress or gowns or hair ignited. After the concert was over, there was much alcohol consumption because everybody could finally relax. But um, that was a real exercise in camaraderie because we were we were all really stressed out, and it was just a phenomenal concert. It was neat, but um, but it was scary. That same trip, I think, was the one where we sat around the pool at the place one of the places we stayed um, with Walter Nolner and his wife. And his wife was just dear, had the most beautiful British accent. She was just a lovely woman. We just all sat around and heard about how happy they were together and how wonderful their life was and their travels and whatnot. And that was really neat, you know, beyond just the singing. I feel like we we share a history and we all must share a gift of some sort. Um, and I hope that everyone carried with them from their experiences at Princeton the same kind of joy that I took with me and the ability to share that going forward, um, kind of paying it forward, if you will, that was instilled at me, in me while I was there. That was Jackie Austin, class of 1980. We would love to see you at our concert on the 15th of November at 7 p.m. in Richardson Auditorium. For more information and to reserve tickets, please visit our website, princetongleeclub.com. Special thanks to the New Media Center and the J Street Library for their help with this podcast. For the Glee Club, this has been Jonathan Choi.